Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Great to be joined right now by a good friend of the show. He is the founder of HoopsCritic.com. You can get him on Twitter at HoopsCritic. Real good basketball follow. And you can catch him on weekends on Sirius XM's NBA channel, NBA radio. Brian Geltzeiler joining me on the program right now. Geltz, it is fun to do the back half of our home and home today. I was on your show this morning. And you were fantastic, by the way. We had a great time. And you made yourself a friend for life with Sam Mitchell. He, I mean, and just so your listeners understand how hardcore you are, Sam turned around and said, what year, what round, and what college was I drafted out of? And you rapid fire said third round 1985 Mercer College by the Houston Rockets. It was incredibly yeah. impressive. And Sam was lauding you after we hung up with you. So a hat tip to you, my friend. That's awesome. I made a friend today. That's good. That, that means yes, it's a Gelt. a friend for life today. Sam that's beautiful. That, guess, Sam. <laughs> that's beautiful. And, Gelt, me, and, I, and I felt like all like it was weird. Like you take your friend from one walk of life and your friend from another walk of life. It's like hey, grabbing two guys that don't know each other and pulling them out to dinner today. And that's what I did this morning. And I was very, I knew it would work out, but I was very happy. Gelt, I, I would hope that you were like, that you, almost like a, a parent or an older brother, you were like kind of proud of me that I knew that in the moment. Like you I were, was so proud of you. you Sam was like next to you, you're like kind of giving him a little elbow in the ribs, like, huh, this guy, huh, 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 huh? That's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Brian Geltzeiler joining me on the show. All right, Geltz, talk me off the ledge. This third quarter from the Rockets last night was, was very disturbing. Is this... Uh, We've seen this pattern with this Rockets team. Not this group before, obviously, because Russell Westbrook is part of it. But certainly James Harden-led groups before where they go through these funks during certain parts of the season. And then they find their way out of it. Is this a group that's going to find their way out of this sort of thing? What, what, what do you look, when you watch this Rockets team, what do you see? Well, let me start with this. If you're going to talk you off the ledge, I'm more likely to do Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon 1, where I handcuff myself to you and we jump together. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's at, listen, and what you're seeing right now, and it's a bit funny because we talked just about, about my partner, Sam Mitchell. And Sam, you know, Sam tells a story about when he was with the Timberwolves and Kevin Garnett had just gotten his first big contract, and they played a real poor game, and Garnett came in the locker room and started calling people out. And Sam turned around as the veteran in that locker room and said, wait a second, you're the one with all the zeros in your contract. Who are you talking to? It starts with you. And that's the Rockets' problem right there. It's not just that they rolled over in the third quarter. It's who rolled over and how they rolled over. Uh, Westbrook, I mean, there was there was one possession, I think it was a Kuzma dunk, where he broke somebody down off the bounce. Westbrook and Harden stood on the weak side and just watched. Two possessions later, Westbrook fell down on offense. You didn't see him back in your picture to get back on defense till after the whistle blew and there was a whole possession. He stayed on the ground and walked back at one point or another, you need you guys that are making $40 million and change a piece to put a full effort in on the defensive end of the floor. And listen, neither of them are the best defenders in the world, but they both have their assets on that end of the floor and can be certainly passable there, but when they're not trying, it doesn't matter. And, and the thing is about the Rockets right now, you look at this four out of five losses, three in a row. Now, Memphis is an upstart right now playing well, and Portland came in with some purpose because they love Melo and they had something to prove for what happened with the Rockets last season and Melo, but geez, 
Saturday night, first Saturday night ABC showcase game of the season, and you got the Lakers and LeBron coming in, and you all you get up in the first half, and, all, and they don't play well and in the second half. You roll over like that. It just would indicate to me something is a little is wrong on a larger scale. And Mike D'Antoni's kind of alluded to it in post games, and, and I think for the and I don't know that you have the type of assets to be able to go out and make a trade to bring the cavalry in. You certainly do need a longish type of wing with this team. But the thing is, I don't even know that it's personnel-based right now. I think it's got to come from within. And for whatever reason, Harden and Westbrook are not busting it in the way they need to bust it. Listen, I get it. We're only in mid-January here. I understand. But, you know, in, 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 as Yogi would say, it gets late early around here. So, I mean, the, the, they, the Rockets need to kind of pull themselves together here because this is a Western Conference. Keep in mind, it is death for you in the first round if you don't make a top four seed. If you've got to go on a road in the first round, that's five or six, and play the three or the four seed, which could be the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Jazz, you're in trouble. You're in, you'll, be, you'll be one and done. And that's kind of where the Rockets are right now. I just It's funny, you and I are feeling a whole lot more urgency about this than I think the guys that are wearing it. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, you may, you may be right about that. You know, Gelch, you touch on something interesting there. You know, Carmelo Anthony being part of the Trailblazers. Dwight Howard being part of that Lakers team last night. He was pretty good on the glass last night. Uh, a week or so ago, they go to OKC, and Chris Paul and the Thunder blow them out. Um, I, You know, like, at some point you look at this, you go, look, these are all the guys you discarded to put this team around James over the last few years. At some point, you'd hope that pride kicks in on this, like, sort of little mini revenge gauntlet that the Rockets have been on. Um, but uh, speak to that a little bit, just the... The, the the play of those three guys in the roles that they're in, you know, Mello's not the Mello of old and Dwight neither, but but I, I think the, those are a couple of guys, at least not CP3 so much, but Dwight and Mello that everybody kind of wrote off for dead and they found some nice they found some nice roles for themselves. Well, it, and because you want to know something, they're able, for whatever reason, to play the roles that the Rockets wanted them in for other teams. And so think about it. Melo had 18 points on 10 shots. The Rockets would be looking at going, well, where was that when we had you here, right? And Melo, if he had gotten more time, I think they would have gotten that out of him. I really do. He had voluntarily come off the bench, and he was willing to play whatever role they asked him to play. That was a situation where they got off to a slow start, and they scapegoated him. It was that simple. For CP3, he was okay not having the ball in his hands all the time. And I got news for you. Isn't the ball in his hands all the time right now? Shake Gilgis Alexander is the lead dog on that team, and CP3 is, is his main support player and helping him learn the ropes and picking up at times when they need picking up, and he's doing a great job there. And listen, Dwight, is I, I, as much as you want to look at Dwight and say it could have, should have been different with the Rockets, a lot of that lies in Dwight. And, and, and Dwight wanted more out of that role than what really he was capable of doing. And Dwight had to see, as you know, I'm making a lot of movie references today, but in backdraft, they talk about the career dissipation light looking yeah. out of the corner of your eye. Well, Dwight saw that and realized if I want to be in this league, I got to accept this role. So he's done that. But I will say it does speak to something a little bit larger. And you and I have discussed this concept before. You know, at one point or another, can you look at James Harden and say maybe he's not the kind of superstar that you pair with other superstars, and maybe you find the right complementary pieces to put around him and spend your money in a salary cap era with an owner that doesn't want to pay the luxury tax, and maybe spend your money a little bit differently and have pieces around him that fit and play roles with James being the center of all of it instead of trying to pair him with another star. Because we've seen that work before. Dirk Nowitzki won a title with the 2011 Mavericks in a similar type of situation. We're watching the Bucks 
with a record point differential right now. And as much as people want to say Chris Middleton is a star, well, he's a very good supporting player. It's a one-star team. It's Giannis's team. And you can build it that way. But Daryl Morey, and I'm not criticizing Daryl because Daryl's done a wonderful job over the years, but he's gotten a little star-obsessed here. And I don't know that James is the right guy to mesh properly with other stars. I think James needs appropriate pieces that defend, that block shots, that hit threes for when he passes them the ball. They need to fill holes that James doesn't fill, not just put as much talent on the floor with James as possible, because I think you lose some of what these guys bring when you do something like that. I think, you listen, Westbrook has played pretty well for the most part. I think you lose a little bit of what he brings, certainly when James wants to slow it down and go ISO. And I think you, you, you lost some of what Chris Paul brought as well in playing with James. And maybe, maybe just you, you got to look at a different roster construction around James Harden. Would have been interesting, Geltz, if that season back, I think it was 2016, 2017, the one that ended with Harden just completely bottoming out against the Spurs in the playoffs, if that season hadn't ended so badly, if the Rockets might have tried to go with that strategy you're talking about, the way that season ended led to them getting Chris Paul, which put them on the, back on this superstar cycle that they're on. They were a pretty good team that year. They won 55 or 56 games, building completely around James. Remember, that was the year they made James the point guard for the first time. Yes. Yeah, and it was a very good year, but but you know what ended up happening is they weren't deep enough, Sean, yeah. and that was a huge problem because if you remember where James kind of went belly up in that San Antonio game was the fact that he was and I'm not, and I listen I'm not condoning how James kind of rolled over in that game, but he was exhausted. They were exhausted. D'Antoni was going six deep in the playoffs, and guys just didn't have a lot left in the tank. And I know that the players wanted him to go deeper into the bench. With that said, hey, there was no excuse for what James did, but yeah, I, I look at it and feel like maybe. Maybe that was something to build off of. Now, again, it's easy to say that now when if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt at the end of, you know, game five of the 2018 Western Conference Finals, the Rockets could very well beat that Warriors team and have a different outcome and could have gone to the finals and were telling a different story about James. You know, so I, I think that play, we have to be fair about that as well. But there's no doubt that you look at James and more times than not, I mean, how many stars are you going to pair him with and have it not work? Do you realize maybe you got to do it differently? Yeah. Geltz, last one before I let you go. Uh, the season that Kawhi Leonard is having right now, he's been outstanding. I this It's looking like another year where Giannis is going to win the MVP. Can Kawhi Leonard compete for an MVP even though he's being load managed pretty significantly? Probably not. Um, but you know who doesn't care about that? Kawhi Leonard. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's just about the Larry OB to him. It's a really simple thing. And he's on a team right now with an upward trajectory that he's, he, and he's doing things differently. It's funny. I was there Thursday night when they, they blew out the magic and he's, you know, I know it's a cliche. He's playing chess. Everybody else playing checkers out there. He just slows the game down so much. And, and you talk to people around the team and the leadership aspect that he brings, the nonverbal leadership that he brings, the way he works, the way he tends to his body, the way he goes about his business. It's impossible not to fall into line behind him. Guys, they have such admiration and respect for him. There is an aura and an atmosphere that he brings and creates without a lot of words coming out of his mouth that scream winning franchise. And that's kind of the way the Clippers have picked up on all of it. They just they look at how he does his business, and they want to do their business the exact same way. He's taken to them, and they've taken to him. 
And listen, they've had their struggles here. And I know Montrezl Harrell's not happy with his contract situation. They're certainly, you know, as and, – and I do think that part of their struggles that they've had have coincided with the fact that, that there's been some trade buzz and some names that have, you know, buzzed around, whether it's Aaron Baines. You've heard Serge Ibaka's name come up in terms of them maybe doing something. You've heard Marcus Morris's name come up. And guys are a little uneasy. Harrell's name's been thrown in. And I think Harrell would love to get a long-term contract there and certainly has played well enough to get one. But the question for the Clippers is who do you got to go through to get to the finals? It's probably the Lakers. And can Montrezl Harrell guard Anthony Davis down the stretch of playoff games? And if he can't, well, maybe you got to go find a guy that does. So I think that's kind of rock things a little bit. But when you look at Kawhi as a centerpiece, as a as the hub of everything that this organization does, whether it's off the court, on the court, however they do it, it they're in a great, great position. And for Leonard, man, he ain't worried. He's not worried about uh, about regular season MVP awards. What he's going to look to do is set a record and win another Finals MVP on a third different team. That's what Kawhi Leonard's got his eye on, and that's why the Clippers made the push to get him. This is, to me, still at this stage, the best player in the game once the playoffs start, and and I think that for Kawhi, he has his eye on the exact prize that he wants, and it doesn't mean a whole hill of beans to him to win a regular season MVP. There it is. Brian Geltzeiler, HoopsCritic.com, and of course, you can catch him on Sirius XM's NBA uh, radio channel there as well. Geltz, great stuff as always. Really appreciate it. Always appreciate the movie references, and we'll do it again soon. Johnny, I look forward to it, buddy, and you come right back on with me soon. Great job this morning you as got well, it. and I'll talk to you this week, brother. Take care. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Geltz. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.